Rayanne is on a mission to share how palliative care changed her life and her family's for the better. She's in remission from stage 4 head and neck cancer and wants others living with a serious illness, whether cancer or otherwise, to know that palliative care can help them. In her interview series, Rayanne Reflects, she speaks with different members of the palliative care team. The goal is to share the many ways that palliative care adds an extra layer of support for patients and families from the time of diagnosis through and after treatment. In this episode, Rayanne speaks with Dr. Diane Meyer, a palliative care doctor and director emerita of the Center to Advance Palliative Care. They talk about the overall role of the palliative care team for people living with serious illness, the importance of safely managing pain as one example of how palliative care addresses symptoms, and the importance of engaging and supporting families and other caregivers. Let's begin with the definition of palliative care. Palliative care is specialized medical care for people living with a serious illness. This type of care focuses on providing relief from the symptoms and stress of the illness. The goal is to improve quality of life for both the patient and the family. Palliative care is provided by a specially trained team of doctors, nurses, and other specialists who work together with a patient's other doctors to provide an extra layer of support. It is appropriate at any age and at any stage in a serious illness, and it can be provided along with curative treatment. Depending on where you live, palliative care is available in a number of settings, including hospitals, outpatient clinics, and at home. Here's more from Dr. Meyer in describing palliative care, followed by Rayanne sharing how palliative care served as a bridge for her to have a healthy recovery. So... The way, the way I think about it, and I'm not big on football or sports analogies, but palliative care is sort of a quarterback in the sense that it is our job to make sure that all the different pieces are talking to each other and that the family and the patient aren't left trying to translate uh, jargon, medical jargon from multiple specialists and understand how to weigh the risks and benefits. So for example, if you're seeing uh, a doctor for your blood pressure and that doctor puts you on a medicine for your blood pressure, he or she may have no idea how that interacts with the chemotherapy or the radiation or the meds from all the other 10 doctors. And our job is to say, wait a minute, we need to look at all of these together and communicate back to all of these physicians and teams and make sure that what we're doing together is in the best interest of the patient and not inadvertently causing harm. I would say the other piece that was very important to me as I shifted into palliative care uh, was the recognition that nobody seemed to be responsible for suffering. Whether it was emotional suffering or physical suffering, pain, fatigue, shortness of breath, constipation, all the things that everybody lives with when they're dealing with a serious illness seem to be kind of beside the point for the specialists. Um, And yet they made every day difficult to get through and posed incredible challenges, not only to quality of life, but also to the ability to function from day to day, to take care of your family, to pay your bills. Right to take care of yourself 
And it seemed as if, in a way, it was the elephant in the room that no one was talking about. And palliative care gave me a chance to, talk, to say, oh, there's an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do to make that better. While you are pursuing treatment to cure your disease. Right. At the same time. Right. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both and. After I was diagnosed with stage four head and neck cancer, uh, I was treated aggressively with chemo and radiation and then referred to palliative care after I had completed my, my treatment, but then was waiting for my next series of scans. Oh, I, I remember oh, them yeah. telling me to go home and marinate. And in three months, we're going to come back and see if all the medicine worked. And I remember walking out of there going, okay, okay, now we got to wait. And it wasn't until I received that phone call from palliative care that I felt like, oh, there's another piece. And this makes sense that I'm not just casted out there to say, you're by yourself. Now, especially after being at a treatment center five days a week for at least three to five hours a day, where these people became... They answered every question. And I was sent home with tubes and feeding tubes and ports and things that still needed to be managed, but not really knowing who was going to manage them. And that's where palliative care came and tied the knot that made it better. It was important for me because it gave me the connection to the hospital that I needed in between that time when oncology and radiology dropped out while we were waiting to see what next steps were. I absolutely attribute palliative care to my being able to take those next steps to becoming healthier again. Dr. Meyer noted earlier some of the symptoms that can come with serious illness and the importance of managing them so that patients can function in their daily lives and have the best quality of life possible. To that end, Rayanne and Dr. Meyer focus on the impact of addressing pain and the unique training among palliative care providers in doing so. You know, one of my concerns walking into palliative care was the fact that I was the executive director of a nonprofit and I was on a ton of medication, of heavy duty medication, fentanyl, oxycodone. And these were concerns of mine. I needed to know that I was going to be able to transition back into life. And everything that I read was that these drugs, you know, could have serious long-term effects. And I remember being so reassured that as high a dosages that I was on, that they were going to bring me down safely and effectively without, with as, as little incident as possible. And I just remember that being a huge weight lifted off my shoulders because it was, it, it's scary, you know, but those medications were so needed. And when I do read in the paper and I hear in the news that there are people advocating for certain drugs no longer to be used, you know, you just want to call up these talk shows and say, no, 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 palliative care will manage these for seriously ill people and help them get back into the world the right way without issues of addiction or you know, whatever other serious side effects could come from them. When you think about it, every medicine has risks and benefits. Right. Every drug we take, we take it for a reason because it will help us, but they all have side effects. 
facts. And as physicians and nurses, we are drilled on that and how to safely prescribe these medicines and not cause more harm than good. And um, pain medicines are no different. We use them because people have very significant pain. Um, and this is common in cancer treatment. And we wouldn't use them if people weren't disabled by pain. Right. And the importance of treating pain is that it restores quality of life and it restores ability to function. If you're in so much pain that you're curled in a ball in your bed 24 hours a day, that's not our goal, right? Our goal is to have you up and functioning and feeling reasonably well. And when that pain gets better, as it almost always does with healing, with time, then we have to know how to safely and effectively taper those medicines so that you don't withdraw and so that you are able to come off the medicines in a reasonable time period without difficulty. That requires training. It requires knowledge. It requires clinicians who have had that exposure and training. And the people who have that training are palliative care clinicians, doctors, nurses, and others. Um, and in my view, every doctor and nurse should have that training because every doctor and nurse takes care of people in pain and needs to be able to manage that pain and needs to be able to manage the adverse side effects of whatever medicines we prescribe. So um, I think that's such an important point that you bring up. The medicines are safe when people know how to prescribe them and how to come off them. And I think having the security of knowing that people behind me knew how to take care of me on the medicine made it much easier to be on those medicines. So it was a win-win all around for everybody. Another major focus for palliative care in coordinating care for people living with serious illness is recognizing the role of family members or other caregivers. Caregivers are invited to participate in palliative care appointments, ask questions, and have direct contact along the way. Rayanne and Dr. Meyer talk about how and why palliative care connects with and involves caregivers. I remember after our first appointment, my sister walked out of the office and um, I think for the first time she was able to exhale because she felt that there was, not finally, but there was a team of people to support her as well as to support me, but took time to understand exactly what you said, what's going on in her life, what was going on in my family with my kids, where, where, how are they doing? How is her family doing during all of this? Which was a critical turning point because I think when people feel heard, they can do better because then they're no longer afraid to ask. And I think sometimes when a patient is in, a, in the midst of a serious illness and you're with all the ologists, oncologists, neurologists, or every ologist there is, everything is so scientific and you're being thrown so much information that there's no way a lay person who hasn't gone through eight years of medicine can really comprehend in this short amount of time. Palliative care took that time to sit with us. Tell me about your experience and the benefits families have from being connected with palliative care when dealing with someone with, who's very seriously ill. The linchpin of the healthcare system, the reason that it works at all is because of family members stepping up to fill the gap. So the patient is sick as hell. 
and doesn't feel well and isn't themselves and has difficulty with the coordination, the memory, um, keeping the lists, attending to that very complex medication regimen in the proper way, um, remembering the appointments. It's a lot on top of your body um, trying to deal with the medical illness that you're going through and the side effects of the treatments. And the compensation is the family. The families are the ones that say, did you remember to take your medicine at two o'clock? Did you remember to call Dr. Jones and ask uh, how long you should be on this medicine for? Um, when was the last time you had a bowel movement, mom? Um, how was your sleep last night? And you know, you really haven't eaten much in the last couple of days. Let's, let's make something you really like and see if we can get you to eat some of it. It's the family. And the family, again, has not been trained to be a nurse or trained to be a doctor, yet is fulfilling the most critical role of the day-to-day -day support of someone who feels awful, particularly when families are asked to manage medication, manage wounds, manage tubes and drains. I mean, this is scary stuff. And the recognition that the family is the reason the patient's going to get through this and be okay means should come with the recognition that the family needs as much support and guidance and access to the clinicians as the patient does. And a core element of palliative care is understanding who the family supports are, family or friend, and what their needs are, what their worries are, what their concerns are, what their hopes are, uh, what their training gaps are. Uh, many family members who are caring for patients with serious illness have children. Many have parents who also need help and many work full time. Right. And they're tearing their hair out. And what can we do to help compensate, help support them? Um, as they fulfill this critically important role. And if we don't know who the family and friend supports are, and we don't know what they're dealing with in their day-to-day -day life, we can't help. So a, a very critical part of our job is to assess not only the needs and fears and hopes of the patient, but to do the same thing with the family and other caregivers. It's nice to know that you are out here and with your team and your people making lives for people like me and going through serious stuff that, you know, life changes on a dime. You didn't, you know, you're walking through one day and bam, you know, you're hit with news that is life changing um, and putting a piece, pieces of puzzles back together to get life to what it was before your diagnosis. Um, and that you don't become your diagnosis, you know? And I'm only four years post-treatment, um, or post-diagnosis, not even post-treatment. I in no way associate as a cancer patient anymore. I'm a mom. I'm the executive director of a, of a nonprofit. I am a community member. I'm all the things I was before I, I was sick. That's just a new layer to my, to my life, you know? So... Thank you. Thank you for being here and doing what you do and 
making life better. To learn more about palliative care and how it can help you or someone you love who is living with a serious illness, visit getpalliativecare.org. You can also check out the Palliative Care Provider Directory, which lets you search for a palliative care provider in your area and by setting. This episode was narrated and produced by Nick Ciavada.